Hello, Minnesota boxing fans, and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, and my co-host is Sean Strauss. In this episode, Sean and I discuss the November 5th Showtime televised card at the Armory in Minneapolis. In the main event, Minneapolis boxer David Morrell Jr. stayed unbeaten and successfully defended his WBA regular super middleweight title with a 12th round knockout of Idos Yerbasinoli of Kazakhstan. Sadly, Yerbasinoli was hospitalized and placed in a medically induced coma as a result of injuries he suffered in the fight. Sean and I update listeners on Ido's condition. We also discuss the ring action in a recording made the day after the November 5th card. The episode also features interviews with Morell, his trainer Ronnie Shields, Showtime's Brian Custer, and Brian Mendoza, who scored a big knockout win on the undercard against former world champion Jason Rosario. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, Sean and I wanted to shout out our best wishes to Idos Yerbasinoli, who I understand is still recovering in a Minneapolis hospital. Thank God the News has been encouraging that Idos has been has been steadily improving, is sitting up. I understand he's even walking and communicating. We don't know the full extent of his situation, but it does sound like he's recovering, and we're really thankful for that. And we want to continue to keep Idos in our thoughts and prayers. That was just an amazing effort that he put forth in that fight against David Morrell. Just an extremely tough and courageous effort. And we want to, uh, we, we tip our hats to Idos. We both met him briefly before the fight at the weigh-in. And I'm sure you remember that, Sean. We got to shake his hand. Nice guy. And, uh, you know, we wish him nothing but the best. So, Sean, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, but... Uh, I mean, we don't, like Brian said, we don't know many details. I know all the fans that were at the Armory that night or those watching on TV around the world, um, everyone's sort of been on bated breath waiting for news on how he's doing. And the information has been very slow uh, coming um, out of respect of privacy for him and his family, um, which is understandable. Um, But like Brian said, there has been some news recently that it sounds like he's out of the coma, which I believe was medically induced um, for his his, uh, health benefit. Um, And like Brian said, we don't know all the details, but it sounds encouraging. So keep him in your prayers. Um, Obviously, we're bummed that, you know, there was going to be another card here on the, uh, what was it, the 17th 17th. at at the Armory um, that has kind of fell by the wayside. But yeah, for sure. And we, we just didn't want to, we want to make sure that we acknowledge Idos in his situation and uh, just tip our hat to him. He's a brave warrior. And, uh, you know, of course, the health of the fighters is always number one. And we, uh, we're certainly uh, pulling for him to continue his recovery. Like you said, Sean, there's not a lot of details 
about his condition, but we do understand that he's improving. So that is very, very encouraging. And yeah, uh, like you said, we were fortunate enough to get to meet him. And I'm sure anyone who has ever met him would say the same, you know, that he seems like a very kind man. And uh, unless unless you had the unfortunate pleasure of facing him in the ring, <laughs> he's a very mm -hmm. tough man. We were fortunate enough to meet him outside the ring. Uh, very gracious. Uh, he seemed like such a, a funny man, too. I, I hope we'll get a chance to to hear more positive news soon. Um, anyone who was watching the presser or listening to it, um, it's, he's a hard, hard not to like, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, that's right. He had, there's a little bit of trash talking there going back and forth, but it was friendly trash talking, right. Kind of joking with each other, both Morel and, uh, Eidos were sort of in that same vein where they were selling the fight and working hard to, uh, drive interest in the fight but doing so in kind of a friendly way where uh not mean-spirited at all so is it like you said he's kind of a funny guy uh a lot of a lot of humor in that both of those press conferences prior to that fight so um you know we uh again we just wish him well and he's a he's a tough guy obviously so that'll serve him well as he continues to recover and uh now i understand his wife is by his side too they uh i understand um so that's really good news as well so yeah we're coming but, up on thanksgiving and you know you, it makes you think of all the things to be thankful for and you know when we cover the fight game and boxing um especially for us who have not been in the ring it's easy to forget that it's life or death in there um or it can be life or death in there. And so respect goes out to all the fighters, you know, and what you guys do and the training you guys have to put yourselves through and um, just pray that it doesn't happen again. You know, uh, you know, you never want to see something like that happen. I know Morel was right there um, when he realized how serious it was and helped him to his corner. And I know he's been praying mm -hmm. for him too. So. Yeah, that was great sportsmanship on Morel's part where it's like, he was celebrating immediately after the referee stopped the fight. But then as soon as he saw that Idos was stumbling, was having a little trouble, was very, very shaky on his feet. Uh, Burrell and the referee helped him to his corner. And uh, I'm just glad that someone had the foresight to get him to the hospital as soon as, as, soon as possible, because that was uh, quite potentially you know could have saved his life the fact that they acted quickly to get him uh, medical treatment so yeah online there was a lot of criticism of the referee the, of the corner you know for not stopping the fight sooner um i can tell you i was in you know just fan mode watching the fight with my brother-in-law and my sister at that time and like you mentioned idos is so tough um and he was throwing back so and it's a world title fight you know, you, you hate to take a guy's chance away from winning. Now, granted, it was one-sided. I mean, I don't think that Eidos was going to win a decision. I don't think he's arguably not one around. Um, even for all the good punches that he threw, I thought Morrell was, you know, in control. So you've got a Hall of Fame referee um, or a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't, you know what I mean? And with Tony Weeks in there, I don't feel 
um, good criticizing refs. Um, sometimes they make mistakes or human, you know, um, I'm not saying he made one, but I think his corner probably is tearing themselves up because it sounds like they had the towel in their hand and were debating on throwing the towel in. And I don't know for how long, um, but yeah, that's gotta be really tough because they're obviously close with him. And then to see him in that situation and to know that they were in control of the situation and they could have potentially stopped it. Um, and that goes for all corners, you know, it can't be an easy decision to make. Um, I always think about the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, you know, on Wilder's corner threw in the towel and then he ends up turning on the guy, you know, even though the guy was thinking of him and had his best interest in. Yeah. Mark Freeland. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and it can, it can go the wrong way. It can, you know, sever your friendships, even though you were looking to save a guy's life. Um, it was nice to have showtime and the PBC back in, Minneapolis at the Armory. Um, every time they've come, it's been just a spectacular event. And I was fortunate enough to take off uh, half days of work. So, we, you know, I got to join you down there for the presser and the weigh-ins. And we got to meet some some big timers um, and get some interviews, and uh, which you guys will hear later on. But all in all, the whole experience was a, was a great, great time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just to jump right in, I guess, to the Armory card, in the main event, we uh, I just thought David Morrell looked spectacular from start to finish. And he was in there against a tough opponent, Idos Yerbasinoli. I'm sure I butchered his last name, but I think I'll just call him Idos from here on out. <laughs> um, but he's a tough guy, and he gave he he hung in there. I think Morrell probably won every round in my book and then punctuated it with a great knockout at the end in the 12th round. I just think his technical skills and speed and just all around ability were a little too much for Idos, but um, it just another great performance and a great crowd there. I, I understand they had 4,300 paid attendance. Looked like it was pretty full, especially by the time the main event rolled around. So it was just a fun atmosphere. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I was a little concerned earlier on because I think there was a time change. Um, mm -hmm. I had some asking me about it because they they didn't they weren't aware of it i think uh first fight started at 410 um typically i if i recall i think in the past fights it, doors would open at four but maybe the first fights would start at like 430 or maybe even five they'd be later mm -hmm. started earlier this time and they had a lot of uh fights on the non-televised portion uh well it was on youtube if you're watching the prelims but it wasn't televised on regular showtime uh, i think there was like seven fights um, so that was really good. Um, yeah. But the crowd is pretty thin early on. And I think it was just simply because people weren't aware that the doors were open earlier. Not to mention, mm -hmm. I've had some people uh, mention that the World Series might have been a little bit of a deterrent having that going on. Oh, no, yeah. But, but thankfully, uh, the crowd did not disappoint. And man, it, it was packed in there. Yeah, it was cool because, uh, and we'll talk about Morel's performance a little bit more here in a minute, but what, what I thought was really cool is, of course, everybody, a lot of people, Minnesotans showed up, full-throated support for Morel, but there's also a nice little cheering section there for Idols, and I know because I was sitting right in front of them, they were right behind me, and they yeah, were very loud and vocal, the they had the flags out, and they were 
well behaved and just seemed like really nice people, but just cheering very loudly for their guy, which is great. And I turned to them afterwards and said, man, you know, he was he was tough. Nothing to be ashamed of. Your your guy uh, did did well for himself, but just a fun atmosphere there. So but what did you think about Morel's performance, Sean? Uh, I, I have to concur. I mean, that I thought Idos was insanely tough. Um, he would land body shots every once in a while that were pretty good. He'd rip off some combinations, but the one thing about Morel was he, uh, he was using angles. He was using speed, um, that dancing in the ring, you know, that he does when we were joking about how he dances while he spars and trains definitely comes in handy because he's not moving straight back all the time. He's moving away, you know, left to right. And, um, even when, uh, he's moving away sometimes or moving out. He had that no look punch, you know, that jab that he was right. doing, which I know someone kind of jokingly asked him at the post fight presser if he practices it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was very fun to watch him. Um, Idos is insanely tough though. Um, he took he took some punishment. And in a way, I almost wish Morel had knocked him out sooner, um, selfishly, just because uh Idos seemed like he was a very nice guy. You know, he was gracious enough to give us a photo with him at uh the presser and you hate to see a guy take a lot of punishment because I know them that can do more damage than if they were knocked out quickly. Um, yeah. And I understand from reading the ring magazine article afterwards that he was taken to the hospital for observation. So we certainly hope he's, he's fine and everything's well, we, nothing but the best wishes for Eidos. Yeah. Um, Morel, I could tell he was starting his celebration where he, he kind of did the Cristiano Ronaldo where he jumped up in the air and turned and then threw both arms down. If you watch mm-hmm. uh, European soccer or, or, you know, Manchester United, you're familiar with that. But uh, it, then all, you could see that Tony Weeks was having trouble and Ido started to fall into the ropes like he was going to go right through the ropes. Mm-hmm. And Rell rushed over and helped him. And I saw that he had his arm, you know, around Ido's had his arm around Morel's neck and Tony Weeks and Morel ushered him back to his corner. So that was yeah. very good to see the sportsmanship from Morel, even though he was obviously yeah. elated, you know, to, to yeah. get finish the way he did. He was still looking out for him. So that was awesome. Re- really good sportsmanship. And at one point, I know Weeks deducted a point from Idols, and I believe that was just from holding. He was literally holding on and yeah. wouldn't let go because he could, he would have right. literally fallen to the, the mat, I think. From my yeah. understanding and from my view, that's what was going on was, he knew he needed to hold on and weeks was like break and he, he didn't want to break because he needed to hold on. So I think he had happened more than once and weeks had to, no choice, but to deduct the point, which is unfortunate. You hate to see that, but um, thankfully Morel left no doubt and um, yeah. wasn't really a factor. Yeah. The, the point deduction was all automatic was pretty much uh, meaningless anyway, because Morel had, I think he won every round. If you look at the punch stats, um, just looking at the CompuBox numbers now, it looks like Morel landed 237 out of 607 total punches. Uh, Eidos landed 82 out of 535. So there wasn't much difference in the terms of the number of punches thrown, but certainly Morel was much more accurate and landed the cleaner shots throughout. So, yep. Um, but really nice performance. We're going to hear directly from Morel and also from Ronnie Shields here. 
in a few minutes. We talked to Ronnie Shields before the fight. So this was in the, in the just after the uh, the presser. Was it the presser or the weigh-in? I think it was after the presser on Thursday. Yeah. We talked to Ronnie. He was gracious enough to give us some time and had some insightful comments. And and uh, so we'll, we'll uh, present that. And also uh, a fun conversation we had uh, with, with Brian Custer talk about the uh, Minnesota boxing scene. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we also had a really good fight there. Big upset with Brian Mendoza, our guy who we've had on the podcast before, came in as a late replacement. I think he said he only had a week and a half notice for this fight and put on a spectacular show, knocking out the former world champion, Jason Rosario, who I understand Rosario announced his retirement after the fight. So, um, you know, best wishes to him. Again, he's another guy who has a lot of heart, but I think Mendoza was just maybe a little bit hungrier this time around, and he just got it done. So good for him. I have to say I, I missed, unfortunately, I missed the knockout punch, which really bums me. And it wasn't because... I was just on my phone on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I was actually doing armory publicity business on the phone. As we know, I help out a little bit with the publicity team at Armory Boxing. And, you know, Rob Lear's the guy, but I help out here and there. And Patrick Royce of the Star Tribune wanted me to text some information to him. I was sitting next to Patrick during the fights, but he had to leave a little bit early. He was there with his grandson. And uh, so I was texting some information to Patrick just when the knockout happened. So it's kind of bummed that I missed it, but I'll have to watch the replay on Showtime. I haven't watched the replay yet, but it sounds like it was a spectacular knockout punch and just a great finish. Uh, what were your thoughts on that fight, Sean? So, um, you know, I'm a huge Mendoza fan ever since we met him, um, you know, and one of the previous times he was at you know with us at the armory i can't remember which fight it was that where i got to meet him i remember we got a photo with him and super gracious and nice guy um you had him on the podcast and i missed that interview last year um but i listened to it again this this time around just to kind of refresh myself on his story um and yeah like he's got the full blood and cuban heritage and, uh, you know, it sounded like this time he said he has a chip on his shoulder. I'll let him speak for himself. Obviously, we interviewed him. Um, mm -hmm. But I was sit sitting with my sister and my brother-in-law. Um, I came down from the media balcony um, to sort of like clock out and just like have some fun for a little while. And we were jumping out of our seats, you know, because uh, he scored multiple knockdowns to the left of the body and then obviously the finish. And like I said, I'm an, a huge fan and um, I was fanboying out there. I was yelling La Bala and Mendoza, you know, just really, really pumped and excited. Uh, so I'm super happy for him because I know this is huge for him. He said it meant everything for him. And um, I'm happy that he loves the armory and the fan base there. You can hear him talk about how he loves it and that um, it's electric and he, he likes fighting here. So hopefully we yeah. get to see him again. And he had the little slip of the tongue there at the end of the fight in his yeah. post-fight interview. He was so excited. He said, shout out to Mississippi. And, yeah. Oops. Yeah. And the so, crowds, the crowd kind of gave him a boo and then a hard time. Like yeah. what? And uh, Jim Gray was funny and how he handled that whole situation and corrected him. And Jim was kind of walking around sort of 
giving a tip of the cap to everyone like yep i fixed that situation <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh i like what mendoza or uh, yes what he said at the post fight presser he's like yeah he's like i was excited and he's like if i go viral for two things he's like you'll forgive me but <laughs> he loves minnesota and we're definitely oh, yeah. fans of his so for sure and he uh he's had this is his third fight now at the armory he'll talk about this in the interview but he's two and one now the one loss was to jesus jesus ramos who's a real up-and-coming star also a good really good fighter um lost by decision to jesus but um you know he, he put on a good show in that fight but it's uh you know it's it's good to see these guys fight here and it's good to see them coming back too so um, you know, I think we, we all we all love the Armory here in Minnesota, but I think it's the feeling is mutual with fans and fighters from across the country. So it's really nice to see that. Yeah, other than the the two fights that we've talked about, I mean, the other kind of co-main event was uh, the Ukrainian, uh, and I probably will butcher his name, but he was super. Um, oh yeah, I, I've been messaging him on Instagram. I want to say it's yeah. Fedor or Theodore uh yes right and yes uh, he had a a nice win over nathaniel um gallimore i believe he was out of chicago or illinois sorry rather and i think by way of jamaica and that was a great fight um huge win for chikazan uh he was first time on showtime um i'm trying to recall if it's his first time in the or fighting in the u.s i don't know if that's accurate or Mm -hmm. not but he had a huge yeah. uh, fan base there, uh, people supporting, you know, Ukraine. Um, Ukrainian flags were in the house. So it was, it was a big day for flags. I mean, you had the Ukrainian flags, you had the Kazakhstan flags, you had the Cuban flags, um, you know. So it was a, a kind of an international affair. But absolutely super good yeah. fights. And there was great undercards. I mean, if you were not there at 410 when the door opened, it kicked off right away with knockouts. I mean, the first fight, it was a stoppage. Um, the thing, the second fight was a stoppage and then, you know, it just, it just was rolling fast. So even though there was those seven undercards, it was good. Um, we had yeah. Williams, J rock was on the card. We had, mm-hmm. uh, Andre Durrell, you know, uh, that, yeah. that was a really good fight. That was great. I loved his trunks too. The, the mm-hmm. whole, uh, Flint, Michigan sort of deal. Cause he was wearing the, uh, Fred Flintstone trunks, you know, like he's from Flint Flintstones. Like that was yeah. great. Um, and they were had the uh, they had the uh, little bit of an altercation at the uh, weigh-in. Uh, he and his opponent Gonzalez. So that was kind of fun. It was it was uh, a little bit of what would you say? Uh, kind of tongue in cheek. I mean, I think I think his opponent. And forgive me. I'm. Do you do you recall how to? I'm not remembering who. Durrell your your his on, first name was your your near um uh, gonzalez so it was gonzalez last name is gonzalez right? so yeah gonzalez appeared to be very i guess kind of stoic very um serious and yeah yeah uh didn't you know did not want to kind of get out of durell's face and durell kind of took the more playful approach and was like right. joking, hold me back hold me back and it was yeah um I think that was, was uh, that was serious, but uh, for real, <laughs> yeah. but Gonzalez, but, and then in the fight, I got to give Gonzalez credit. He's pretty tough. Um, he fought hard. Yeah. That was not an easy fight for Durrell, um, but Durrell had a great, great performance. 
it wasn't an easy fight. And I was looking at just looking at the scorecards and um, Gonzalez was behind uh, by a little more than I actually thought. Um, all three judges actually had it um, 80, 88 to 83, if I'm reading this correctly, at the time of the stoppage through through nine rounds. So, um, yeah, um, but I, I thought may, may, maybe it was even a little closer than that. Um, but yeah, they, they put on a really good show. Um, yeah, there was, um, I guess, you know, I mentioned the atmosphere in the armory. There was some local celebrities in the house from, you know, Tommy Kramer, you know, the guy who mm-hmm. former Vikings quarterback, who was the ambassador at the weigh-ins got to hold Morales WBA belt. We saw, um, Roly Romero was in the house fighter. Uh, he was on the VIP level. Um, I saw Robert from Boxing Algarete got a photo with him. I was like, I had seen Roly um, when I was up in the media balcony. Um, and I think he was being escorted like up to the media level or to the middle level where the VIPs are. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Caleb Truax, local former champion, yeah. was in the house. He got in the ring and it was cool to hear them uh, talk to him. And um, mm-hmm. we've got the ignite show coming up on december 3rd at the hyatt that's going to be great a great pro boxing show um a lot of good local guys on that one that's that'll be outstanding valhalla's got their thanksgiving show i, th- I suppose that's probably the the two next coming shows are going to be there's Northside's got a private fundraiser at uh, aria so if you wanted to go to that i think you're not going to be able to i think it's a private event um circle of disciplines got a show coming up i believe november 12th and we talked to jamal james who showed up to uh support morel at the uh, weigh-ins um it was great to see him and the circle of discipline team there supporting morel um and they said that the show on november 12th will best probably be uh just walk up and just buy your tickets at the door because i didn't see any way to buy tickets online but they said yeah just show up um so that's going to be amateur boxing. I asked if it was exhibitions or regular golden gloves. They said, no, it's golden gloves. So those are legit nice. fights, not exhibitions. Yeah. Um, nice. I'm unfortunately, I know I told Jamal I was going to be there. I forgot I'm going to be in Texas. So if you guys are listening from the COD, sorry about that. I desperately want to go check out the new gym. I was super excited and then realized I already bought the plane ticket. <laughs> I'm going to see my sister. So um, mm-hmm. other than that, like I said, then December 3rd, we've got the, uh, Oh, sorry, before that, Valhalla's got their Thanksgiving show. Um, the C- I think they call it like the season's beatings or what is it? Um, mm-hmm. Driving me crazy. I, we were talking about all the different shows coming up and that was the one that I forgot. But I do not want to neglect to mention that because every year I talk to James Clark about this and I say that that's the one show I really want to go to. It's the night before Thanksgiving all the time. So mm. it's called the, the Night Before Thanksgiving Throwdown. And it's going to be wrestling, uh, Brazil, or yeah, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, and kickboxing. And it looks like it's going to be, I'm guessing, at their place because the address is saying University Avenue in Fridley. Um, and that is, yeah, Wednesday, November 23rd. So his doors open at 4, fights start at 5, tickets are $30, or there's a pay-per-view for that show, $15. Uh, and that's, and I said Valhalla, but that's in uh combination so josh clark his son's you know the strike fitness gym owner mm-hmm. um, they're working together like they did for that last show that we covered of theirs um right so that'll be great that'll be november december we've got the uh, ignite fight one where we talked about that's at the hyatt 
tickets have been on sale for that. So if you don't have your tickets, you can get those online. I uh, want to say you can also stream that. Uh, I want to say Nitro Tickets is how you get your tickets for that. And uh, MMA Futures, I think, is how you stream it. Um, mm-hmm. Want to get the stream for that. At least that's how it's been for every other Ignite show. So I'm pretty sure that's consistent. Ronello, Abner Mares, and, um, you know, the whole crew was there last night. So that was good. Al Bernstein? You know, I didn't get a chance to to see those guys. Um, I I got a message from, um, I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank right now, which is Miguel's brother's name, the Flores brothers. Um, Oh, Ray? Yeah, Ray. Ray Flores? He had had posted a photo and I had messaged or commented on Instagram and he uh, said, you know, it was great atmosphere, like always, like those guys really love, love it here. So yeah. We love having them, man. It's great. We yes. love having them. Yeah. Miguel Good does stuff. a great job. Ray, he was calling the international broadcast. Um, mm. But yeah, to my understanding, Al Bernstein was in the house. Mauro Ronaldo. Um, I think Abner Mares. I'm not yep. sure. I, I saw Mauro and Abner just briefly said hi to them down in the hospitality room. They were super cool. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing those guys again. So. Well, that's about all I think we yeah. covered a little bit about what the fights were and yep. the upcoming schedule. Um, Brian and I, like uh, Brian alluded to at the start of this, that we're back. And, um, you know, after a little bit of a hiatus there, we're planning on getting some interviews for the upcoming Ignite show for sure. Um, mm-hmm. we, and we might squeeze some other ones in there, um, but nothing's booked yet. So if you're listening and want to get in on it, reach out to us and we'll see what we can line up. Hundred percent. And before we go, I also want to acknowledge someone else who is in the house that we, Sean and I, both talked to. Jeff Flanagan, the Minnesota Boxing Hall of Fame, part of a great boxing family. And Jeff, uh, it was really nice to see him. And he said some nice things about the podcast. We really appreciate that, Jeff. And still hope you hope to have you on one of these days. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you're listening, I haven't seen him for quite a while. Oh, and I guess I should. My last uh, thing I want to say that for, for anyone who didn't know about it or, or see it um, or was wondering, Mark Nelson, you know, our world-class referee was not in the armory last night. And for those who weren't aware why, it was because Mark had gotten kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and he got to go, you know, referee a fight. Technically, it was the first ever world title fight in Abu Dhabi. Um, it was on the uh, Bevel uh, zone card. So if you were watching that card, you probably saw him, but mm-hmm. if you didn't know about it and you didn't watch it and you're wondering where Mark was, that's where he was. So we wish Mark the best. It sounds like he did a great job as always. And uh, mm-hmm. we look forward to having him back in town and hearing about it. We still want to get uh, him and his pop Denny on the podcast. Oh yeah. Denny was there. Yep. Yeah. I saw Denny and uh, his son, Kurt and, um, and their family. It looked like they were all in the house. So that's great. Yeah. And speaking of family, uh, Anthony Durrell was there in support of Andre, his brother. I was a little surprised that Anthony wasn't actually a second. He wasn't working the corner or anything, but he was there like front row cheering him on, standing up. So that was cool to see. And I saw that he and he and uh, a Truax uh, had a little visit, nice little conversation there after Truax was introduced in the ring. So it was kind of cool to see those old rivals. Um, you know, catching up with each other and just uh, having having a little chat. So, did you get fun. a chance to uh, talk to Tony Gregelko? 
um, you know, you mentioned Truex and I, uh, I say thanks, you know, you brought, you brought up Truex and reminded me that Tony walked by, um, and said hi to me and my sister and my brother-in-law. And, uh, it was really nice of him to take time out and say hi, Tony's big time you know, promoter here in Minnesota. And he's got guys who've been world champions and fought all around the world. So, uh, it was cool, you know, and the gym that he's a part of there, you know, that likes ACR that now is just looks like it's just likes boxing it's over in circle pines now it moved from their location in Coon Rapids and I'm looking forward to getting over there and checking that out since it's right by me here um but I really appreciate sure. him stopping and saying hello um I guess the other celebrities that were in there you mentioned the Durrells you know how Anthony came to support Andre Lamont Peterson was in the house he was working a corner um uh, the Sergey Daria Vianchenko, um, who's in the house to support Chikazin. And, um, you know, we had our local guys in the house too, you know, Johnny Johnson and Cericio Ford uh, were um, shuttling guys around. I want to, I can't, I apologize. I forget. There was a guy from Likes Boxing also. And those three guys I know were shuttling fighters for Showtime. Um, so, oh, thanks, cool. yeah, so thanks to those guys for working behind the scenes, you know, and helping out that makes, makes all the difference, you know. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see Ceriso there, but that's cool that he was part of it. So it's always fun to see Ceriso in the house. But yeah, I mean, we could talk boxing forever, but yeah, well, yeah. without much further ado, let's let the uh, the audio speak for itself, and then we'll see you guys uh, at the fights next time. All right, Sean. See, see you next time. Now we'll hear from David Morrell Jr. This was his post-fight interview shortly after the November 5th fight, before Morel knew about the condition of Idos Rubasinoli. Benavides fight that's rumored to be taking place next year. Any disappointment that, that you're not getting one of those two fighters next? Alguna decepción de que no vas a poder pelear contra Plante y Benavides ahora que sabe lo que se viene? No, no, why? So, um, I, I'm good. I, my, 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 my mind and my team right now, He's on the, the head fight, so the um, result was excellent, thank God. And nada, simply we're going to work hard now to get the victory and to prepare for the next fight. The result was excellent right now, so I don't have anything to be disappointed about. Last for me, was that the toughest fight of your career, and what, what are your thoughts on the opponent? Did you think this was the most difficult fight of your career, and what did you think of your rival? No, to the contrary, it was the most difficult. I'm used to fighting Eastern Europeans since I was an amateur, so this was nothing strange for me, really. It's all thanks to my corner, to my trainer Ronnie here, and thanks to them, I am where I am right now. David, you look so comfortable in the ring. So many fighters are so focused, not to say you're not focused, but you're not focused, but you're not focused. Where does that calmness come from? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's me, you know what I mean? Like, every, I, I, I like to dance every time, like, for the training. Um, the the breast, the round round, like I'm dancing, so it, it's my personality. Do you, do you practice that no look punch? 
Do you, do you practice that no look punch? Ah, uh, si practicas esa, ese golpe, no lo están mirando. It's the Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, like, sometimes you're trying to, like, yeah, well, no, 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 every time, every time. That was a good game, bro. That is. So, he's, he's, um, he's one that a lot of strategy, like, so, inside the ring, but, it's my, I'm playing, I'm playing, man, no, no, but like I'm playing inside the room, so I feel good, like, my everything satay, so, it's me. Ahí dice Ricky TV, eh, primero que todo, con Bolsillo Cubano, gracias por la historia, eh, no, felicidades. Eh, ¿Qué nos puedes decir sobre la historia del casado que dice que él venía a venir aquí a, a Minnesota a casarte? Ahora, la pregunta es, ¿qué tienes que decir sobre cómo Aida estaba diciendo que los Kazakh boxers van a venir a enseñarte cómo luchar? No, um, I'm telling everybody, man, like I told you, very confident, but it's, it's in my press in my house. Seconds, come on, man, it's, it's, it's back to the queue, but it's in Spanish. But, 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 this was for Cuba, this was personal. I thought it was disrespectful. This is my house. And for you to tell me that you were going to come and teach me a lesson here? No, this was more for my country than it was for me. Y feliz cumpleaños, mamá. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday to him. No, 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 my mom. Ah, tu madre. 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 Ah, tu no diría eso, simplemente diría que ganó de Primero Junior. O sea, no, yo, yo no comparo ninguno la, lo que hizo Junior con Casarlo porque eso es faltarle respeto a, 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 a los más bolsadores que no son de tu peso y que tampoco son de tu, de, de tu nivel, ¿no? Simplemente yo me mido con mi contrario, no me mido con países ni nada por el estilo. Qué bueno. No, it was just a variation of the same question about the Kazakh School of Boxing and the Cuban School of Boxing. And David was saying that it's disrespectful because when you are fighting somebody at your level or, or higher, then you shouldn't be saying those kind of things. Next question. David, how surprised were you that he did not go down before he went down? He took a lot of punishment bleeding. Que todo sorprendido con lo que sangraba, que él no haya podido ser tumbado antes. Bueno, lo único que sé es que como bastante carne, porque también comió, porque se toma bastante sangre. He must be on a strong meat-based diet because the blood kept gushing. Pero, pero, no, pero estaba like sorprendido, pero a la vez calmado, o estaba simplemente escuchando lo que me decía Ronnie, que 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 gracias a él digo que que fue resultado la pelea. Uh, look, I remain calm, I remain poised, regardless of what was happening to him. I listened to my corner, I listened to Ronnie here, and I knew that if I kept doing what I was doing, the results were going to come on their own. Would you have been disappointed if you didn't knock him out? No, totally the opposite, kid, because if I had one like that, then I would have shown that I would have been 12 straight rounds of taking him to school. 
Last question for you. Were you surprised that his corner or the referee did not stop the fight before he stopped? Te sorprendió que no hayan detenido la pelea antes. Tuve varias sorpresas, o sea, muchas veces con el codo, me tocaba, me tocaba con la cabeza, con el codo, como que para sacarme de control. Y a una que le dio un golpe y se quedó como que en la esquina así medio que no sé. Le volví a el referee sin parar, lo que hizo fue como que separarnos, ¿no? Y bueno, si dices que no, pues seguimos. Uh, I was actually yeah, surprised by uh, plenty of things, including how he was trying to elbow me, uh, also like uh, the headbutts that he was doing. The, the ref kept trying to separate us, and I was like, okay, if you're going to keep doing that, then we're going to keep going, you know? But I kept doing my thing. David, did, did you expect a lot of that kind of dirty action, especially in the late rounds, a lot of holding, some headbutts, some, some forearms a little bit. How'd you, how'd you say it composed in that? Esperabas que él intente así como desordenarte con todo lo que hacía, los codazos, los cabezazos, lo que funcionaba, ¿no? Sí, sí, sí. Yo, 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 yo pienso que ha sido su, su, su estrategia. Pienso que ha sido lo que, lo que, lo que ellos trataron de hacer mediante el rim. Pero bueno, como siempre dije, escuchar a Ronnie fue exactamente lo que, lo que, lo que, lo que me dio quisiera fue exactamente lo que pasó. Their strategy was to try to rattle me, so it didn't it didn't come out of left field for me. So all I did was listen to Ronnie. They were like, "Hey, just remain calm, keep doing what you're doing," and that's exactly what I did. Thank how, you. Was you, how was your endurance? Thank you, man. Uh, how was your endurance for the full 12 rounds? Uh, how was your endurance? Stamina is endurance. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> were, were you happy to go 12 rounds? Yeah, man, like, I'm happy, bro, but uh, today's a bit of my mom. Like, last month, like, my grandmother's dad, so it's for, for uh, Porea, I mean, I'm so excited, man. Like, uh, my, my purpose is that the win fight, yes, yes, but for my, my grandmother's dad, for, for my mom, but I got it. Two more, two more questions. Two castles. 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 Who do you think will win the Benavides plan? Vaticinio para plan Benavides, ¿quién gana y por qué? I don't know, man. This is my fight. Like, I don't know. It's a good occasion, but I don't care. Benavides is a good plan. I mean, I don't know. It's a good fight. My plan is 50 feet. 50 feet, you know, Benavides is a big guy, he's strong, he's fat. Kelly Plan is fast. He's got a good, good boxing, good, good plays, good, good movie. But he's hard fight, man. For me, it's 50 feet. You want to fight Benavides more, right? And now we'll hear from Ronnie Shields, who spoke to us before the fight and immediately after the weigh-in. Uh, Pleased to be visiting here with Ronnie Shields, training David Morrell Jr. Um, Ronnie, how you doing? Doing great, man. Ready to go Saturday. So, how has training camp been going with David? Training camp has been great, man. Uh, 
this was our longest camp that we've been together. So, you know, we got a lot done this camp than we had the previous. So, you know, it's been my third fight with him. So it's this, this was the best camp though. Have you seen uh, a lot of progression in David since you started working with him? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I've been, you know, been working on different combinations with him, doing a lot of different things that you're going to see on Saturday. So, uh, but he's ready to go. How how high is the ceiling for this young man? Only seven pro fights, and yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that in itself just tells you, you know, that this kid. He's special, you know, only seven fights and to be in a position that he's in right now, you know, uh, it's, you know, a lot of guys dream of this. That's early in their career. And, you know, and he's young, he's strong, and, you know, he's dedicated. So that's, that's what it takes. Do you think Keith's ready to take on the top guys in the division? I know you don't want to look past this fight, obviously, but... Well, he's definitely ready. You know, he's definitely ready. I think, you know, um, it, it doesn't matter who he fights. You know, because, you know, he's, you know, his mindset is, is so huge, you know. And he wants to fight the best guys that's out there. So, but he knows this fight is the most important fight right now. So... We have to take care of business on Saturday, then look at somebody else. And I know you fought some top guys in your career, Saul Mammy, Bruce Curry, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, Absolutely. guys like that. Uh, what, how are you able to impart that knowledge that you gained in your career? Yeah, well, to you? you know, just you know, just you know, I tell him, and we, we watched some of my old tapes, you know, and he saw some things, and but you know, the whole thing is times have changed from when I was fight into what it is now yeah. and, and I just tell him every fight he has to grow every fight so and I think for this fight he's really grown a lot so he knows that it's not just going in hitting the guy hoping to go down or, you know hitting the guy and knocking him out it just doesn't work that way the bigger the competition the tougher it is and so he knows that the training has to be harder and it was for him and he handled it well, and he's ready to go. Mm -hmm. What do you think of his opponent, Urbasinovic? Well, I think he's a really good fighter. Yeah. You know, he, he brings a lot to the table. Look, it's a tough fight. Mm -hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, you know, I think with David's athleticism, I think he's better, you know, in almost every aspect. But this kid can fight, and, you know, and David knows that, and we've gone through this, through the training camp. You know, looking at tape and just, you know, showing him the good things that this guy does. This guy's not going to go away easy. But, you know, we just feel that David is the better fighter all around. Mm -hmm. and of course, David started out training here with the Circle of Discipline, Jamal James's gym and Sankara Frazier and those guys. What do you think of those folks and kind of the foundation they were able to build for David? Yeah, well, you know, David... You know, he's, he has a lot of natural ability. And so it's easy for somebody to just put some things that they know to add to what he, he does. Mm -hmm. And uh, th those guys did a great job with, with doing that for David. And, and I'm just adding things that I know to David also and just try to get him to do things that others haven't seen before. 
different combinations. And, you know, we work on a lot of different things. And so, but between what they've done and what I'm doing with him, you know, yeah, David is, uh, is getting better because of it. It definitely seems like he's in good spirits, you know. I've seen the videos online. I know when he was up here training with Jamal and those guys at Circle of Discipline, um, they would joke about who was the better dancer, Jamal or David. And I saw him dancing in the ring while you guys were working out the other day. Um, so is that refreshing, you know, to have guys like that that just have, like, this positive, you know, um, love for the sport and it's just exuding in the ring like that? Absolutely. The thing about it is I have a gym full of guys like that. Oh, yeah? You know, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw a couple in the background yeah. that were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we, you know, they do their little dance routines before training and they have a lot of fun. And, you know, look, boxing can't be all serious. Right. It has to, you have to have humor in it also. You know, and that makes you work harder. You know, if it's all just seriousness the whole time, then it's no fun. You know, so we got to have fun in it. And, you know, I let the guys clown and do whatever they want to do. But they know when it's time to work. That's what we do. Awesome. Uh, well, last thing I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned, you know, that you guys have been in a long camp and that things are going really well. Um, what about the sparring? You know, you, you've got a lot of guys in your gym. Did that enable you to just use the guys in your gym where you didn't have to, like, bring guys in for sparring? You were able to use in-house guys? Or yes, I, I just use in-house guys for this fight. You know, I, you know, I got a cruiserweight that spars with a lot, and the kid really puts a lot of pressure on David, and he makes David work hard. So I use him, and I got another kid the same way. He's a 6'8 pounder also, but he's a pressure fighter also, and you know, and strong, strong. Both of these, the cruiserweight is really strong, and my 6'8 pounder is strong also, and they put a lot of pressure on David. They make him work, and, but for the last two weeks, what I did was I put in my 154 pounder, a 254 pounder, for speed, just for speed, and you know, that worked out really well for David. So, you know, so we, we did, we incorporated a lot of different things to this fight because we had to show him something different because we know this guy's going to bring something different. So, you know, so that's why we did that with Sparring. It's kind of a chess match, isn't it? You know? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. They may come and jump on him, or they may come and say, how oh, we go box him a little bit first, you know? So, so we, we took care of that, but, you know, with the guys that we had training with them. And, you know, I mean, it was just a great camp all around. Nice. How is he doing weight-wise? Has he had any issues making 168? Or? No, not right now. But, you know, David's getting bigger, though. Yeah. You know, he's getting bigger. He shouldn't have no problem with the weight on this fight here. So, but, you know, the thing about it is we got to watch in between fights. You know, that's where it's at. You know, we can't get 200 pounds to come down to 168. Well, you can't do that. You know, so, but he's been really good. So, we, you know, we just got to keep it going. Yeah, you can't do that Roberto Duran thing. No. Where you get a... <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Any more questions? No, Sean? thank you so much. I just wanted to I say thanks a lot. Guys. I appreciate yeah. the photo and uh, you're taking time to say hi to us. I mean, we Absolutely. can't wait for fight night. We'll be here tomorrow, too. So, All right. it'll be a good time. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. Good luck, Brownie. Appreciate it. Take care. And now we'll hear from Brian Mendoza, who spoke to us shortly after his fight on November 5th. You mentioned that you're a full-blooded Cuban. Yeah. Um, you know, even though you're born in uh, New Mexico. Yes. And uh, I was wondering, like, 
with all that stuff that was going on in the press conference, you know, with like the Russia versus the Cuba and all that stuff. I mean, number one, like, what do you think about that? But then also, you know, what do you think about all the Cuban fans here? Right? You know, I mean, no, um, I'm only surprised. You know, like when they when the first time I came to Minnesota, not Mississippi, Minnesota, <laughs> I um, I was like, ah, oh, you know, we'll see, because I didn't know too much about the fans are here. Electric. I love fighting here. That's my third time now. I lo- I truly love fighting here. And I hope I hope you guys have me back. But no, that uh, he just added pressure because he added. He told Mar- even Morel said. Um, oh, they're gonna. Are you gonna try to knock him out? Because he said that. He's like, well, he he just asked for it. And same thing. Now it was it was my turn to not drop the ball. You know, I didn't want to be uh, drop the ball for that for the Cubans and everything. I'm a first generation American. You know, uh, glad to be American. But you know, uh, my blood you know comes from Cuba, so we have to represent them as well. And I, I just I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to do things like that. Hey, that was pretty cool. They had the Cuban flags up on the yeah. level. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's always awesome, man. They're, they're great fans. Hey, Brian, I have to say, I didn't even see the knockout because I was looking down at my, <laughs> sending a text at the time. I jumped out of my seat. Yeah, tell, can you just walk me through it? How did you set that up? Um, I, I saw that he's an ex-Unified World Champion. He was making adjustments to what I was doing, and he started catching me. And then I said, okay, like he, he's, he's ready off this. Now it's my turn to make an adjustment. That's what champions do. They make adjustments in the fight. And uh, I just I saw the opening, and you let it go. I've always had that uppercut since the amateurs. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, we've refined it, you know, now. I just I would throw it from the floor, just winging away at it, mm-hmm. and we've tightened it up. And I'm still going to be tightening yes. everything up. We have things to work on. This was not a perfect performance, but I hope it was flashy and explosive for you guys, like I said. But that that up, I just I just see these openings, you know, and you let it go. You learn to trust your instincts. Yeah, so it was an up. Yeah. yeah, nice. You got him in. You floored him in the second round too. Left the body. That was a body shot. Yeah. Um, I know he, he's always been susceptible to the body. And uh, so I had to let that go. But regardless, if you're in there with Brian Mendoza, you, you have to be able to take body shots. I've always, since the amateur same thing, I've always set up body shots. Um, from like Golden Glove State, I want it with the body shot and this and that. Like set up anyway. But um, if you can't take body shots, don't get in the ring with me. And I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's, that's actually kind of the same thing that happened. I hurt him in the body. A couple rounds later, keep wearing him down. And then I touch him with that up and up top and ended it. Classic Brian style, I guess. <laughs> And and uh, how long did you have? How much notice did you have for this fight? For this fight specifically, they said uh, about like a week and a half, two weeks. But I've been training since April. I fought March 26th in Minnesota, and uh, I took two weeks off, and then they called me back to help Eddie Slandy Lada get ready for his fight. So I started sparring immediately after, and I just jumped into a full camp because I knew an opportunity would come, and it did. And this is when preparation is opportunity. You really made a statement in this fight. I remember the last time you were here it was kind of a walkout fight, if I recall. Yeah, and it was a comeback fight, you know, because uh, after Ramos' fight, um, that was, uh, you know, two-week notice, this and that, but um, you guys are starting to see who I really am. I, I have a chip on my shoulder, I have things to show the world, and you guys saw with the uppercut in the last fight, and coincidentally, I really didn't expect the uppercut in this fight, but you, got, you trust your instincts in there, you just have to let it go. Yeah, well, we gotta give a shout out to my sister Polly who was here tonight. Um, they never come to boxing, and um, or at least she doesn't. This is her first time at the Armory. She was watching you, and she doesn't know much about boxing, but she loves it. And she said you were gonna win with an uppercut. Wow. I got, I got to give her a lot of praise. I was like, wow. I'm like, maybe I should start bringing you to fight somewhere off. Yeah, you can win some money off. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, tell her through all the fights. Who's going to win with what? Put some bets on it. I'm sure you have a lot of fans in Mississippi, too. Oh, but we're, we're going to claim you for our own. Hey, I'm totally glad. Uh, Minnesota showed me crazy love. 
I, I love it here. I truly didn't expect such an electric crowd here. And the first time, even the second time, I was just swing belt and I fought after the main event. And with uh, this place like a quarter filled, people were lit up for the fight, for my fight. So, no, I love it here. I, I really want to come back. Awesome. We'd oh, love yeah, to have sure. you back. Please, Absolutely. please do, please yeah. do. for making time. And I'm sorry I missed you. Like I said, I tried to <laughs> No, don't worry. Yeah, for the weigh-ins and stuff. But, dude, it's... No, yeah, anytime. Such a great. If you guys have shown me support since the first time I was here, and I'm always open for you guys. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And now we'll hear from Brian Custer of Showtime. Yeah. Please be joined with Brian Custer of Showtime. Uh, nice to see you, Brian. Thank how you. How you doing? It's great to be in Minneapolis. Yeah, how long have you been in town now? Uh, a few hours. Okay, wow. just got in? You just got in. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you, what is this what, your second or third Showtime show here? Yeah, I want to say uh, we, we were here five months ago. Uh, we were here last year as well. Okay. So, yeah, we've been here a few times Yeah. yeah to the Armory. So tell us what you think about Minneapolis as an emerging fight town here. We've had some pretty big cards in the last few years. Yeah, you you know, listen, the the Armory has done a a really good job of partnering with the PBC and putting on fights there. Obviously having Morrell now here, and he's like that emerging young star in the division. It, It gives you the opportunity to bring fights to this area and I think because of his talent um, now all of a sudden you get the fan base and and the thing I like about it is whenever we've done a fight at the Army it's been packed and that's what you want you want that kind of energy uh, at the venue and he certainly does it and knockouts hurt, uh, certainly help when you, you know 7-0 and oh and 6 of them come by knockouts people are going to come back yeah, he's had some pretty spectacular knockouts yeah. here at the Armory, yeah. and the fans just go nuts yeah. for him. Um, so sky's the limit for yeah. this guy. Um, what, what do you think of Morrell's, um his future in the division? I think he's a great division. I, I, it's a really tough division now um, because you got a lot of elite fighters at 168. Um, and I think for David, you know, I think Saturday is a really good test because you you got a guy who's powerful as well. I think probably the the one thing that works in his advantage is that he he's a come forward fighter, so he's not going to move. Whereas David can do that. He's got power and he can move, and that that's usually a recipe for success, uh, especially against a power guy who all he does is come forward. As long as he, you know, his defense is tight and he moves, he can be successful. If you don't, then it could be a, it could be a long night. Yeah, awesome. Do you have any questions, Tom? I was just going to say I missed the virtual presser, um, but Brian told me it was going to be hard to top. He said it was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had some chuckles, obviously. You know, at this one, it was really funny. Well, they, um, that was because they got into their lineage, and, and it, it was just <laughs> – I mean, they took it. They took it a direction where I wasn't expecting it. Um, but you know, I think it, it started when Idols, you know, made made the the comment that the Soviet Union came into Cuba, obviously, which is true. But he said, "We taught you boxing," and that's where I think you know, obviously, David took offense to, uh, and he said, "You know, we we were the ones who taught you how to box, how to fight." And I'm going to teach you that night um, when we meet. And so, you know, David kind of took offense to that. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you did. But it was for political reasons. It had nothing to do with fighting. We were already fighting beforehand. And, uh, yeah, it, it was rather tense. And we saw a little bit of that today, too. You yeah. see that they kind of went back to that. Yeah, it was funny. The, the whole bit about uh, his hunting season and how yeah. he's coming for him. Yeah, and he's exactly. just like... 
if you're hungry, there's nothing there to eat. The absolutely. lines back and forth. It's it's, it's fun when they've got good personalities. Yes. You know, yeah. Back and forth, absolutely. In addition to the ring uh, regimen. You know, absolutely. Well, that's what's story. that's what's cool about it. It's fun. It's trash talking, but not you know over the top right. stuff where they're you know, going after each yeah. other. Or yeah. So that's fun. Um, but uh, hey, that's about all I have. Enjoy your time here Thank in you. Minneapolis. Thank you. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for coming. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a huge deal for us. We love the armory and we love Minnesota boxing. I know right now on social media, a lot of Minnesota fans are kind of bummed that there's not more local talent on yeah. the card. And I understand why that happens. Yeah. Um, but it's still great for Minnesota yes. to get these big fights. Absolutely. Um, and it draws attention to the venue, you know. So, and it's just bigger things coming in the future when we have fights like this. Listen, so, I think if, I think from a uh, nation wide it's good when you're at a place like the army because you can tell the story of this place you know people may look at it and say well why there but you have to explain to them listen henry armstrong fought here yeah. great robinson fought. i mean you have the great of the greats who've been in this building so that's the great thing from minneapolis that we we always like to tell when we come here yeah, Fritzy Zivic, some of the, the Flanagan brothers yeah. who were huge here. And Absolutely. The, you know, there's a great history there. Absolutely. And they did a phenomenal job of uh, renovating Renovating, the yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Like I said, thanks for coming, man. Yeah. And thanks for yeah. making time for our questions. Absolutely. Pleasure Thank to you. meet you, sir. Yes, sir.